Hello everyone, Joyce here. So, um, yeah, today I'd like to look at uh, two uh, basic um, principles that are being outlined in the readings today. Um, if you look at the letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, so he says, uh, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness, number one, just remember that walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. So I'm just, I'd just like to focus on that. So the second set of exhortation, so one is idleness and not following the traditions. So the second set of exhortations concerns the treatment of the disorderly treatment of the disorderly. So it is kataktoi, um, a very strange word. Not merely, which means not merely the idle. So it's not referring to those who are just lazy and do, doing nothing. But those people who do not accept the practice and practice the traditionals, the tradition, traditions of the church and then these people because they do not follow and they do not practice the traditions they go around confusing everybody so in the in the in the church right we have got it right so we follow we are not sola scriptura per se because we don't only follow what is written in the bible because the bible itself says don't follow the tradition and the tradition would be other writings as well which were handed down from one generation to the other. So while the Protestants and the Christians would, would just go based on the Bible alone, uh, Catholics would follow a tradition as well because we give that more importance. And Paul is telling here, you not only that you don't you live in idleness, but you also do not follow tradition. Oh, it's, it's just like just hitting straight at the point here. So, uh, what is it? So, just remember, one is we do not, those who are doing idle. And then he goes on to say how he himself, everyone has to work. Because in our work, we also give glory to God. So, that's why it's so important whenever we, we start our work to offer our work to the Lord, which I also forget many days. Yeah, to just constantly make my life a sacrifice. Uh, Lord, I offer you. Lord, I offer. Lord, I offer you this. Lord, I offer you that. So everything, our whole life becomes a sacrifice to God, including our work, including our thoughts, including our actions, including our discussions. So to constantly be aware and today make make this my my yeah. I want to do this. Make this my goal. I want to be offer my whole life as an offering to God. And if we look at the gospel today, again, Jesus goes, yes, yes. The, the word to you, scribes and Pharisees, and in some Bibles it's written, alas, alas sounds like a deep sigh. So alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, for you like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within they're full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. And in those days, because when they used to go for their temple, 
for their feasts. They used to pass these tombs. They had to walk by, beside the tomb. So they would like whitewash them and make them glisten so that people don't touch them because it would bring, yeah, it was not a, it was not encouraged to touch the tombs. So they made it really white. But inside what's happening is all just full of dead bones. And outwardly you appear to be righteous in front of people. But what are you inside? Inside you are full. Yeah, that's, that's what we looked at yesterday. And then he goes on to say, uh, you, are, you, are, you have contributed in shedding the blood of the prophets against yourselves. So I used to... Because he says that you you think to yourself, oh, you're so righteous, but and then your generations before they they are the ones who who were responsible for killing of the prophets and the martyrs. You know, sometimes earlier I used to say, I I I used to tell the Lord, Lord, if I were in Calvary, I would like really I would not abandon you, and I would be. And then as as the years went by, I realized I changed my script because then I realized, oh my gosh, I. I finally got a grasp of who I really am, kind of. And then I was like, oh no, what if I was a Jew who was like one among those people because I'd be so angry with Jesus because how could he call himself God, the God whom I worshipped? And I would be like, crucify him, crucify him. Then my prayer changed, my script changed. I was like, oh Lord, thank you that I was not born in that generation because I would hate it if I was one among those people who abandoned you. Yeah, I still abandon Jesus many times today, but yeah, physically. So, no, I'm just talking about the fact that we judge. We tend to judge people more harshly than we judge ourselves. So I was looking at it in today's context. If Jesus were here today and he were addressing us, how would he, how would he address us? I th- and, and then this thought came to me that he would address us by the generation. So, like, in my, people of my generation who have who have lived between two uh, millennials, the 19s, and now we're living the 2000s. What would Jesus tell us? So I just sort of was just writing and I was, and I was just thinking, yeah, probably this is what Jesus would tell my generation. Alas for you, Zenials, for you've lived in both the millennials, have experienced the old way of life without the influence of technology and social media, and now you're living through the current millennial, millennial, yet in your unconquering pursuit for material material gain. Now suddenly we've like, wow, oh, wow, the world is at our disposal. We can buy, we can buy so many things without, with the money that we have. I'm only speaking of the middle and the affluent class here. And then what you've completely lost, so Jesus would say this, you've completely lost what you had once cherished and now you've sold your souls to technology, money and power. So this is what Jesus would tell my generation. What would he tell the millennials? I was quickly jotting it down. Then he would say, alas for you millennials, you were born with a golden spoon in your mouth. You had many opportunities and the world was just yours for you to do. Just go and take. Yet you have forgotten your maker. You have many Outside you have the fanciest of cars and you have all your branded valuables that support your dying identity. Yet inside you're selfish, eager to feed your insatiable needs, constantly on the lookout for what can I achieve next? What can I buy next? What can I, yeah, where, where can I grab the next opportunity? What would he tell the gens, gentles? So he would say, I, in my words, I, 
That's just, he'd say, although, alas for you gentles, although you process information so fast, you have, you have, you're like, people who can multitask, you are, you have got like crazy, crazy talents. You're so good in your social media, you're so good in, with technology. You're, you're quickly adapted to the current needs, but inside, what are you? You're always striving, what can I get more? They're always thinking about the self, always soaked and immersed on me, my needs, my, my emotions. And you've co- you're completely blinded to the other side of life. So I was, I was, maybe we would like to take, take some time during our prayer today to think about what would God be telling my generation? Like for me, my take home would be, yeah, I, I lived through the time when, when we used to go and just sit down every night outside in the, under the stars and just have long conversations with, with our neighbors. And I used to go to my village and we used to go by the seaside and in the afternoon all the women would gather and then they would just like chat and there was so much of connection. There's so much of community. There was so much of time for prayer. Every night, it was, it was everybody in, in the entire village would be 8 o'clock. Everyone would be in prayer. And, and at that time, and my mother's generation, she would say that every week it was confession. Every week was confession. Now we struggle, even we think, oh, what sins? I don't know what sins to, what sins? Twice a year, I've heard. Twice a year we go, many go for confession, and that twice a year they are thinking, what do I confess? We've become so, so what is God telling us today? What is Jesus telling us? And, and time is running out. Time is running out. We need to look out. We need to open our eyes. There's a bigger world out there. There's a world that, there's, there's a generation, there's, there's, a, there's a whole uh, other society that needs our help, that needs our time, that needs our embrace. What are we doing? So Lord, I just lift up and I pray today, Lord, that you will open our eyes and open our ears and uh, that we may see a reality, that we may hear the sighs of your own children and rise up and, 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 and yeah, Lord, just just rise up and put aside and realize, okay, these things, I do not, it's, it's not what I need. And, sh- and just shut them, take them, wrench them. Wrench those insatiable needs into, from my heart. Physically wrench them and throw them at your cross. I don't need them. Lord, help me. Sometimes even to wrench out, I may like, oh Lord, I don't want to do it, but Lord, you come against I will come and just help me through this because I cannot go on like this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.